Hi, welcome to the Nobody's Project. This is where I interview artists across all different mediums about their creative process, how they started, maybe where they're going, maybe their favorite project, maybe their least favorite project, their biggest rut, how they stay creative. And bigger than that, this is a community. So we want you to be involved. We want you to submit your artwork to us. And you can do that at submit at thenobodiesproject.com. You can send us an email. And we promise to give you honest, real feedback because we think everybody deserves it. And that feedback isn't just going to come from us at The Nobody's Project. It's also going to come from the featured artists that you see on our website and in this episode. This week... We get to sit down with Marky and not only hear about how he started the Nobody's Project, but also kind of learn about his creative journey. Um, I've known Marky for a couple years now, and he's probably one of my closest friends. And it's been really cool to see him grow as a photographer, a videographer, an animator. Honestly, he's a real jack of all trades when it comes to creativity, and I'm stoked for you guys to hear more about him. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of the Nobody's Project. I'm your brand new host, Hank, <laughs> also known as Gross Papillon from episode three. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited because today I get to I get to be the host and our roles are reversed. Um, so I'm talking to Ryan Markowitz. Markowitz. <laughs> Markowitz. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't even go over it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also known as... Marky. Marky. Yes. And... You are the heart and soul and the lifeblood of this project. So I am, I am very excited to uh, get to pick your brain about the project and also just your philosophies on art and creativity and continue the conversation we had last time. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I'm just excited that you were down to do this because I was like, who would I want to interview me? And Hank, you were like... I was like, I remember how good our conversation was. And then I remembered how long ago we had a conversation uh-huh. like this. And so I'm very excited to yeah. do it again. No, I'm absolutely honored. And that was that was fun because that was like our first one-on-one conversation yeah. basically ever. So oh, yeah. we were getting to know each other. And yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, I was... There's like a bit of being nervous about it. Not just because it's like, oh, I'm interviewing somebody to be like... But also, yeah. like, I know you and you're part of, like, the group I hang out with, with creative stuff. And I'm like, yeah. what if I just don't like Hank? <laughs> and I was so pleasantly surprised that I was like, he is so goddamn delightful that, oh. <laughs> that I was like, oh, thank God. As we kept going, I was like, dude, I could have went for two hours. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely. No. I, yeah, I'm really glad we get to pick it up right here, even though we've been having conversations yeah. ever <laughs> since. And, um, man, well, I want to I start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plagiarize because I want to know... Uh, what you do for your art and what you do for a living. This guy studies. I like it. Uh, (laughs) uh, What I do for a living is I'm a brand manager and content creator for Great Notion. (laughs) Got to plug the brand. Mm -hmm. It's good (laughs) stuff. Our photographer runs away laughing. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I... uh, Basically, I take photos of beer all day and I make sure that the beer brand is all consistent. So... Mm -hmm. It's fun and I really enjoy it and I do get to be super creative in it, Yeah, but it's not completely my own thing. Totally. Um, and then for art, that's a really uh, interesting question because I feel like I 
like we were doing a bunch of promo stuff for nobody's yesterday and i really figured out that i don't filmmaking and making like comedy shorts that's kind of where my passion lies but in terms of what i actually do for art it's kind of all over the place i have interest in like everything so kind of similar to you it's like i look at bradley and i'm incredibly jealous that like he's a musician who gets to go on stage and be like a rock star Mm -hmm. but at the same time i look at somebody like titus and i look at them and they're so incredibly talented at animating like oh man i wish i went down that path so i'm kind of like i figured like i'm more of a jack of all trades i'll do more the producing more of the like do everything because yeah i don't want to get siloed into one thing Mm -hmm. yeah no, I, I definitely relate to that fear. And I mean, it's so hard because you can go deep on anything and yeah. like have your entire life absorbed by it. That's a pretty, some people make that leap. And uh, I'm kind of jealous that them. they know what they want to do. Or I'm just like, do you know? Yeah. Like, do you actually? Because I'm, I see people like maybe they're on YouTube or Instagram and they're like, my passion is drawing and all I want to do is draw. Mm-hmm. And it's so encouraging to see somebody like you who's so good at drawing and so good at telling a story and like comics suit you so well. But then you also go, Oh, I'd like to make music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, good. He's normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything is so awesome. And that's something that I really admire about you is I feel like you've built up a lot of skills that allow you to collaborate with all kinds of artists, which is something that, I want to get better at personally being more collaborative with stuff. Um, hmm, well, okay, really quick. When did the Nobody's Project begin? Okay, so the Nobody's Project actually happened, um, and I'm going to blame Bradley. <laughs> I know I keep looking at him because he's kind of in the sideline, <laughs> but uh, he invited me to the Artist Accountability Group, and yeah. I've been going for a couple months. I think it was in December that I stopped doing my secret podcast. Um, and I talked about kind of just spur of the moment. I think there's like something in me that's like, Oh, I should always be doing something mm-hmm. where I go, I want to do another podcast. And that was kind of like the first time it came into my mind. And I looked around and I saw all the artists. I saw Chris on the screen. I saw Cody doing his like uh, woodwork and yeah. like, all this stuff. And I went like, I want to just like talk to people about why they're creative. Cause I don't know. I'm passionate about other people's passion. That's why I keep saying but I don't know exactly where my best skill is. Mm -hmm. So I looked around at everybody and I was like, I just want to talk to people about how they're creative and why they're creative. And that kind of stemmed at artist accountability. Mm -hmm. And then I went, actually, that's a pretty good idea because I got good feedback from you and from Bradley. And I went, all right, well, maybe I'll just start running with that. And I said, okay, it's a podcast where I talk to creatives. And then I started building it out bigger and bigger and bigger and with the community aspect and with the like uh, supporting artists aspect and just bringing up people is like kind of the idea where that came from. So it kind of started from the artist accountability group that you guys started cultivating. I don't know how long ago, but yeah, well that that's so sweet because I think it's been just, just over a year now. I think that the, the group has been a thing. Uh, So that's super cool to hear that that's the inspiration behind it. Um, okay, I, I'm trying to think how to ask this question because uh, I, I want to get into your background. Yeah, um, I'm really curious. Okay, so could you walk us through? So there's so many skills involved in this project sure. because we've got uh, video, we've got audio, uh, mm-hmm. we've got all all sorts of collaboration, graphic design. Like, what was your journey to acquiring the skill set? that allowed you to create the Nobody's Project? 
Um, I don't see. I, I think I could keep going farther and farther back, but there's yeah. something in me where I have a like sense of I want control, mm-hmm. and I don't want. Uh, I've I've like a problem asking for help, so I'll just do everything myself mm-hmm. in instead of asking people for help. Obviously, throughout this project, you'll see that. Um, I get people who are way better than me at certain things. So I got Chris to draw and do amazing animations. I got Bradley to do audio, who's way better at audio than me. Photography, I got Molly to do all the photography. Uh, Still looking for a camera person. So if you're out there, (laughs) let me know. Um, But how I got there was like, I started in art school. Um, I went to Grand Valley into their art school and I nearly flunked out and had to drop out of school entirely because my grades are so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I remember talking to my counselor and it was like, maybe that's what happened because I always joke, it's like, oh, I can't be an artist. I didn't have any friction growing up. But uh, <laughs> in school, I went to my counselor. I was like, I have this shitty GPA. What do you suggest I do? And they just suggested, well, you should do better in school and get better grades. And then it just really disheartened me. I was like, all right, never ask for help again. Uh-huh. And so that kind of led me into being super independent about doing everything myself. So whether it be graphic design or like anything I was somewhat interested in, I wanted to do it myself and learn myself. Yeah. Um, that's probably a hubris for me where it like held me back from like asking for help and getting better. Mm-hmm. But it did allow me to when somebody says, hey, have you like uh, I remember once, hey, have you shot? an event before and I went no but I'll do it mm-hmm. and they're like alright cool here's 200 bucks you can go do it nice. I was so embarrassed to send those photos out I need to send you those photos because they are so bad <laughs> look at the photographer right now and they are awful but like I had that willingness to just do anything yeah. that anybody asked me to try to do mm-hmm. um, and that's just kind of how it's done I just kept doing the things I was somewhat interested in and the jobs I got happened to be like graphic design oriented who would be like oh can you do product photography i'm like yes could i no (laughs) but you keep doing it you keep faking it till you make it Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how i got here and then eventually i got to the point where i'm not as control centric i am control centric Uh, if you worked on this project you probably know that but i'm way better at delegating and being like bradley you're better audio than me molly you're better photography than me so that's kind of how I got there, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm really great at anything, but I'm I'm competent at a couple things. I I relate so intensely to like <laughs> not wanting to ask for help and yeah. craving control. Like yeah. that's that's why I write and draw my stories because yeah. um, there's way better writers, but I want I want that control. Yeah. Um, oh, don't even get me into writing. Oh, yeah. I went through that whole phase trying to write as well. Uh-huh. Where it's just I'm thank God there's Kyle. Kyle yeah. Gandy, who my writing partner is mm-hmm. just like so much better at writing and can like keep me in check. Yeah. Oh, he's incredibly <laughs> yeah. gifted. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to note that that is a great origin story because <laughs> so many of my artistic heroes dropped out of art school. Like that is that is a freaking trend. Like, yeah. For real. I don't think art school is always the, the best place for cultivating creativity, creative thinking necessarily. Yeah. But. No, definitely wasn't for me. Like. I had a drawing class with, and my teacher looked just like Will Forte, uh-huh. which you'd think would be more encouraging. But when he's, when he tells you, 
oh, I was like, I have never drawn before. He goes, all right, that's fine, as long as blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, so is it based on how much better you get? He goes, no, no, it's based on quality. And I was like, oh, great. So <laughs> if I don't fail this, this will be a miracle. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, my goodness. So were you in art school for a year? I was in art school for one semester. Okay. Where I took uh, 2D design, which I got a C in. That was <laughs> all right. And then um, a pure graphic design class that was like abstract. And then a drawing class, which both those I got D minuses in, did mm -hmm. not fail them, but I got D minuses in to where I also did not pass my English class I needed to pass uh, that I had to retake again. Mm -hmm. So I was on academic probation right out of the get go. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, that spurred me to go fuck like formal schooling. Yeah. And then my dad convinced me that he's like, you should get a degree. So I literally chose the easiest degree I could possibly get uh -huh. which is sports management, sports management. <laughs> And, and where did you do that? Uh, same school. Same school. So Grand Valley is not an art school. Okay. There was an art school in Grand Rapids, Kendall, which probably would have been better. But uh -huh. yeah. That, okay. That, that's dope. <laughs> so with graphic design, uh, did you have skills before beginning college? or? Yeah. So I had to like submit a portfolio to get into the art school. Uh -huh. And I was actually incredibly lucky. And this is where a lot of, I think, a lot of my creativeness came from is that I had two classes that were like graphics classes is what they're called. I think they're called graphics. Maybe they're graphic design. Mm -hmm. But I took a junior and senior year where we basically is teaching an illustrator, pretty much just illustrator and Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And we could, we had a full printing press, like a full printing press and vinyl printing. Whoa. So like I could do like four color t-shirts super easy Damn. because they had a full thing drying the whole thing and then vinyl stickers which i decked out my 1994 geo tracker <laughs> with star wars stickers like it was a rebellion uh ship uh-huh and uh That's but it was sick. all vinyl stickers so like me and this guy there's only like two people really that really loved it and it was me and this person alex chopchin who i'd love to get on season two uh-huh um, he is an incredible 3d designer now um and we were the only ones that took it like seriously in the uh -huh. sense of like we, I was making t-shirts all the time. I was like making stickers all the time. And the teacher was really awesome and very like encouraging. Diebold was his name. Uh -huh. And then he got a pink slip. And so what a pink slip means is you don't have a job next year. Oh. And so we, my buddy Brett Damaris and Nick Russo uh, installed Halo 3 onto all the computers, uh -huh. like onto the central drive so everybody could play it so we could do land parties throughout the entire school <laughs> we also did age of empires the next year oh uh, my god but Diebold got the pink slip and he we were like do you want to play halo after he got that he was like yeah whatever fine. <laughs> and so we would play halo with our teacher but he also was very good about teaching like yeah, graphic yeah. design and so i did that graphic design stuff and i said i had a really shitty portfolio where I put, uh, Bradley will love this one. I put my logo on my shitty guitar and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I had like logos and some like random other things that I made for like a dodgeball team. Uh -huh. And I put those in my portfolio and somehow got into an art school. Uh, probably speaks to the, uh, the, uh, the prestige of Grand Valley States art school mm -hmm. that I got in. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that that's sweet. Well, I, I relate with uh, my high school art teacher who also had like the intro to digital art. Yes. Where we learned Photoshop elements and stuff. But oh, uh, dude, I wish elements in Photoshop. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Um, but so that's cool. That really sucks. So that they got let go. Um, OK, so 
Let's see. Okay. There's there's a lot of questions. I don't know how to uh, smoothly transition. Dude, just ask them. You don't All have right. to. You don't have to give some bullshit transition. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay. Real quick, uh, is there is there a childhood hero or artistic influence that you uh, still think about a lot today? Uh, yeah. I think a couple of them. I think the biggest one that is prevalent for me, and I. You would think it would be something more like film oriented, but I guess it kind of is. Is if you look behind you, mm-hmm. um, Douglas Adams uh, for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, this is Restaurant at the End of the Universe, the second book, but that whole series made me. I hated reading. Uh-huh. I was somebody who was like, I'll just cliff notes all of it, and I was just, I guess, clever enough to like, get by. Yeah. And uh, this was the first book that. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that I read and I wasn't like, I have to read. I was like, oh, fuck, reading can be fucking yeah. awesome. And I just flew through that book and flew through the next three books as well. It also happened to be one of my dad's favorite books. So it had like a sentimental value yeah. for it as well. But it really made me think like, oh, even though books has been taught to me can be are boring and they're educational and all this stuff books are like oh you can have a lot of fun yeah. with this and then the other one behind you there uh is scott pilgrim yes. versus the world uh-huh. uh which that movie especially and then movies like 500 days of summer mm-hmm. which um as any somewhat creative person would tell you they're probably pretty emotional yeah and so 500 days of summer especially in high school hit so hard so hard so hard and then you go back and you watch and you're like oh they're doing some really interesting film techniques and the writing and like uh-huh. everything that goes into that so to go even farther scott pilgrim versus the world edgar wright is a big one mm-hmm. so edgar wright uh douglas adams and i wish i got into comics earlier uh, yeah kyle definitely tried to push me into them but uh-huh. i refused yes kyle um <laughs> but yeah he eventually made me do like watchmen and uh, okay. scott pilgrim yeah and, like the good ones there but yeah, I wouldn't say there's like a one clear inspiration there. I mean, a lot of yeah. music stuff. My dad introduced me to like Blink-182 and like all the REM, Hell which is yeah. my initials as well. Like stuff like that. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's so a lot of music stuff, I think. I think I wasn't really, really into touching my creative stuff because I played soccer so hard. And that was like what I put my identity towards uh-huh. is like, oh, I play soccer. I'm a soccer player. Instead yeah. of realizing like, oh, I could like have fun with a camera. That that's super cool. All those influences make a ton of sense to me, <laughs> and uh, I need to revisit Five Hundred Days of Summer because oh, it that, holds that, up. Yeah, it opinion. hit me it, too it hard in high really school, good. so I was like, I don't know. Uh, that's that's a good one though. Um, I feel that about books though, big time. Like school ruins reading yeah. so so hard, mm-hmm. and somehow I like I held on to comic books. Always have loved comic yeah. books, but I didn't pick up reading until after college again. I'm like, oh my God, reading is, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. No, uh, so, okay. So podcasting though, yep. what, what is your favorite podcast and when did you become aware of podcasting? Uh, I'll start with the become aware, uh, cause I could talk about my favorite one for a long time. <laughs> um, I became aware because I think he was either, I don't know who I'm going to blame. I think it might've been my buddy Hef. He talked about the Bill Burr podcast, the uh-huh. Monday morning podcast. And I like the idea of just like ranting and just like, I like Bill Burr as a comedian. So I was like, oh, interesting. It's like you get a set every week. Uh-huh. And I'm just so into comedians that I really like that. 
that kind of led me into Pete Holmes's. Um, you made it weird. Love Pete Holmes. I really like those. Um, I like Pete Holmes a lot. Yeah. And I really enjoy him, but like I can't listen to like 18 episodes in a row. No. Because he just gets kind of like. He, He's just so preachy yeah. about everything. But when he has good guests, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of led me into The Boogie Monster, which is Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone, which I really like. But somehow I found, because he's one of my favorite comedians, um, Roy Scoville, who, man, I could rant for days about how I'm trying so hard to be Roy Scoville. Uh-huh. Um, Pen Pals, in my opinion, is my favorite podcast. Well, not in my opinion, my favorite podcast, obviously. But in my opinion, one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to because it's wholesome, it's hilarious, it deals with tough topics. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like it, it, it kind of taught me how to like be a good person that's also fucking hilarious because uh-huh. you grew, we both grew up in this in the age of comedians are kind of mean. Yeah. Comedians are kind of dark. They're kind of pessimistic. And then you listen to Dang and Rory and they're like, "No, we're really good people who are really bright and really like positive, mm-hmm. but they're fucking hilarious." But the big one that really really like made me dive into podcasts is Harmontown. Yes. Um, Dan Harmon's, uh, if you don't know about Harmontown, he basically wanted to create a town where he's the mayor and he will just rant to his townspeople. Um, and if you know anything about Dan Harmon, you're like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yep. Um, and it's such an interesting format. And Jeff Davis is great on it. And Spencer is awesome. And they have Kumel Nanjiani on it quite a bit. Um, yeah, they just have a lot of really great guests. And it's just super interesting to hear Dan Harmon like really just rant. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I think something that I have like drawn myself to was people who just rant and that are still funny and interesting. Yeah. That it's not just like ranting for the sake of ranting. Absolutely. But yeah, that's kind of where my podcasting inspiration is at. You're going to you're going to have to send me an episode of Pen Pals because I've not listened. Oh, it's to, great. Yeah. It's a, it's fantastic. Cracker Barrel probably. Um Okay, man. I don't know, so, he's not from the Midwest, maybe he won't get that. But Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a Cracker Barrel barrel uh in Dude. Beaverton. Okay, but yeah. you you got to know Cracker Barrel. Yeah, I've I've not been there. <laughs> okay. So, that's fine. yeah. <laughs> um Okay. So you've been going really hard for the nobody's project and it has been super cool to watch over the past. Are we almost at eight months now? Six, uh, seven months. Yeah. Seven, seven months. months. Yeah. So what, what is the, the end goal? Like the absolute dream with this project? The absolute dream for this project is that it's a pretty much a creative studio mm-hmm. that produces podcasts, music, um, comic books, yeah. basically a production studio that does all anything creative, almost like a label. Yeah. And the pie in the sky is like, uh, employ everybody in this room and employ everybody like that. I think is super dope and wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then also basically be a nonprofit that gives back to schools and, um, like creative avenues because the biggest thing I realized while doing the nobody's project is how much I, excuse me, is I wish I had the nobody's project when I was mm-hmm. like in high school or in college. Yeah. And, giving back to schools to make sure creative programs are going because without that creative program that I was telling you about, I would have never, I would have just been like 
I'm pretty good at soccer. Maybe I'll just do soccer until I figure out how to do business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, is making people more aware of a camera earlier. Mm-hmm. Because if I found out about a camera when I was in, co- in high school or even college, really, I'd be so much farther along. I really yeah. got my first camera two years ago, two and a half years ago, like a real camera. Uh-huh. And like, I couldn't imagine where I'd be at if I got to discover that love earlier. So Fine Sky is a full creative studio because I would love to run that and yeah. be part of like making super fun stuff. People that people that want to make fun stuff and because that naturally draws people who want to have fun. Yeah. And so running a studio like that and employing all the people who I think are awesome. Yeah. Like giving them a living. That'd be awesome. Yeah, dude, that, that is fucking awesome. And the nonprofit aspect, I... Yeah. Man, well, I mean, like right now I'm going back to school to become an art teacher because that's something I think about a lot, like keeps me up at night. Like if I had had more guidance at a younger age. Yeah. Um, so it's not just for the money. Yeah. No, not not just for the money. Um, having health insurance would be nice. But yeah, that's that yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, and if you're a teacher for what I think it's like 300 years, you get your schools paid off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Around there. 305. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So do you, I know that like the, so the purpose of this project is to lift up artists who need Mm -hmm. their voices heard. Um, But is there, is there an artist that would be an absolute dream come true to interview on this project? Yeah. And it's, I have a couple actually. Yeah. So I think one of them would probably be Daniel Van Kirk from the Pen Pals. I think that mm-hmm. his mantras about how he lives his life would make a lot of sense uh, to be on this podcast. Cool. Um, he is the co-host of Pen Pals, and he's a super funny comedian, and he's uh, he does a whole bunch of other podcasts and all this stuff. And I just think he'd be really cool. Um, there are a couple other artists. Um, I tend to go t- more towards comedy based. So mm-hmm. like. This guy, uh, his YouTube channel is uh, Nakey Jakey, but I think that he kind of embodies a lot of what the Nobody's Project does. Um, I think he would be really cool. Um, and I think all these people are like more attainable than I think. Yeah. Um, even somebody like, uh, actually the absolute perfect person or group of people would probably be AJR. I don't know if you know that band. I think that they really encapsulate why you do creative stuff uh-huh. as a in a bigger scale who has a huge, huge, huge reach. Um, they're so, A, they're super creative, but they're so inviting into people like how they make stuff and uh-huh. why they make stuff. Um, just looking into their YouTube, it's they're just very wholesome about everything. And I think those would be like some dream guests to have on. That that's sweet, man. You are you're really pitching uh, the Pen Pals podcast for oh, me. Yeah, I, I gotta check that out. It's yeah. It's you gotta start from the beginning. Yeah, it's so good. But uh, that that's something. I mean, like my my favorite bands. I, I love the bands that have their YouTube where they just have you know their like studio vlogs. Yeah, and they how they're making what they're making. Yeah, yeah. and their little uh, tour tour videos yeah. and yeah that that willingness to, to share like the less glamorous aspects yeah. of being creative. That's, that's just my favorite thing. I eat that shit up. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like watching the Bo Burnham outtakes. And uh-huh. him, like I think he's reached like God status basically, yeah. but like hearing him like record something, start singing and be like, fuck. I'm like, Oh, he's human. 
yeah oh my god yeah. no that, that's the best okay um, uh we just hit about 30 minutes so cool. let's take a break and then we can hit it again so eat okay um, right, we're back all right i have, address the camera yes we are <laughs> we are we are back this is your host hank <laughs> we're back <laughs> Um, talking with Marky, and I've got kind of maybe a boring question. Um, okay, in for both both uh, personal projects and professional projects, like what what are you most proud of? Um. So recently, I and I am pretty proud of it is that I got to redesign all the beer labels for Great Notion. Damn, and that's really cool. Like I'm not. Uh, talented enough to like draw the actual illustrations. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Chad Eaton, um, amazing artist. Timber, yeah. if you look up on Instagram, he's unbelievable. But uh, that was really cool, and I got to do that, and that was awesome. Yeah. But so like every great notion beer coming out after this will be from my design. Mm-hmm. So if it's fucked up, it's on me. Um, <laughs> but personally, I it was a project that I originally didn't show people and I didn't want people to see because I was really embarrassed by it uh-huh. because I, it wasn't perfect and it wasn't good in my, in my eyes. And then I revisited it and I remembered how much fun I had making it yep. and how much fun I had editing it and how much fun, like the process of making this was, uh, it's called racing the gun. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, a short film under five minutes originally made to be submitted to channel 101, which is Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub's like uh, yeah. TV thing online. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get greenlit, you get to make more. That was the idea. Me and Kyle Gandy made this. Hell and yeah. it was a mockumentary on a disgraced runner who is uh, trying to get back to his best. Uh-huh. And, uh, the audio makes Bradley, you know, cry at night. And I wish I had him there because if the audio was good, I would be actually proud of this thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was like the first short film that I made. I'm really proud of it now. I released it like a year and a half ago, maybe two years yeah. ago, as like a full release. And I couldn't be more proud of it now, even though like when Hell I made yeah. it four or five years ago, I was so embarrassed of it. Mm-hmm. And like that's. Not to like do a pitch, but that's the nobody's project to me. It's like the stuff that you're embarrassed about, but you're like, oh, maybe I put a lot of work into this and I'll just show it anyways. Yeah. Those are the kind of things I want to see from everybody because I don't want totally. anybody to feel embarrassed to put things out. And like I put out Racing yeah. the Gun and I love it now. It's ter- it's not good, uh-huh. but I love it so much as like the yeah. first real thing that I made mm-hmm. and it like is a catalyst for why I keep doing stuff for some reason. I don't know what it is about it, but that that's the project personally. Yeah. For some reason. That that's a fucking sick story. I remember you showing, showing that to me yeah. and laughing my ass off at it. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, dude, that that's an awesome outlook because recently, I guess when I like rebranded to gross Papillon and <laughs> yeah. stuff and, uh, I released that first short horror comic. Yeah. Like afterwards, I was kind of embarrassed by it because I felt the drawings were pretty shoddy and like everything was so loose. And so I hadn't like looked back on it in a while. And I recently reread it 
And there's there's just like that that creative yeah. energy where it's like I'm just gonna do it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and well, I'm gonna put it out caring. there. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm like, damn, like rereading it. I'm like, man, I was probably a little unhinged drawing this, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's pretty sick that that version of me put it out there, right? And it just had fun with it. And yeah, and I think that's like the whole purpose of the nobodies is like without having you guys look at it and some of the other people look at it and be like, Oh no, I find this funny. Uh huh. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't feel as positive. I'd be like, I'd still be proud of it, but yeah. it would like having that community to actually be like, no, 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 no. Like keep going. Like, yeah, this might not be great, but this is fun. You're having fun. And when somebody's like legitimately having fun making their art, mm-hmm. you can like tell. Yeah. And that's, that's the like big. the biggest thing because yeah. it's so obvious when you can tell like this is I mean, I'm, maybe I'm coming to it now, but like you can tell when somebody on Instagram or somebody is putting something out because they think it's like cool or like going to do something for them. But like yeah. when you see somebody who like makes stuff because it's fun and because they want to be doing it mm-hmm. lately, my newest obsession is uh, this guy on YouTube called Joel Haver. And it's so fucking obvious that he has fucking fun. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm like addicted to is people who have fun making stuff. Yeah. And like, I see it when you make stuff too. So like, that's part of the reason why I asked you to be on Nobody's Project. Bradley, this is very similar as well. It's like, do you have fun making your stuff? Do you have fun? Ma- Maybe not putting it out. The anxiety of putting it out is a whole mm-hmm. different beast. Absolutely. Yeah. But are you having fun? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's like the, the only guarantee. I mean, with, with any creative pursuit, like there's, there's no promise that it's going to blow up and, and, you know, people are going to like it. There's never that promise, but I mean, if you're doing it because you love it, like there's a promise that you're going to, you're going to fucking have fun with it. And, oh man. Okay. So this right here, there's, there's multiple questions (laughs) that I prepared that we could, we could go for, but we already kind of touched on collaboration, but I'm, I'm curious. So like this, this project you did Mm -hmm. with Kyle and off camera, we were talking about your writing process with Kyle. Yeah, sure. Um, but so I, yeah, I'm just very curious, like what, what is it about collaboration that you love so much? And, uh, like, I guess specifically like the, the partnership you have with Kyle and the way you guys write together, like what, what draws you to that? Um, I think what draws it to me most or like the biggest thing for me is that, um, everybody has, and me especially has huge imposter syndrome. Uh huh. So I think it's having that validating, like, I don't know what I'm doing and neither do you. Yeah. But Maybe we'll figure it out. And then um, something that really drew me with Kyle is that he is just so willing to like write like about stupid, dumb, hilarious <laughs> things and just really go for it and not th- there's a difference between being like confident in what you do and being like un like he's ashamed a little bit about Uh how silly and like dumb he writes Uh and i love that about him because like i i go no you're completely validated and then he does the same thing for me Mm -hmm. so like validating each other and taking a little bit of that imposter syndrome away and then i don't know just something about how he writes his humor we've been friends since like sixth grade so it's been 
that's, a that's long dope. time of like knowing each other. Yeah. And we didn't pick up a camera or do anything creative until we were juniors in college. Wow. So that's like a solid 10 year or so relationship before we even go, are you creative? <laughs> do you want to like do creative stuff? And I think that's like really easy to like be so comfortable with somebody and then start writing because writing is so vulnerable. Yeah. There's something about being like, I wrote this down and I think it's funny. And then you show it to somebody. Yeah. To where it's like, uh, it's the modern day equivalence of, I think this YouTube video is funny. Do you want to see? And then you show it to them and then they don't laugh and you're like, Oh, oh okay. Fuck. Well, I guess I'm the yeah. worst and this is terrible. <laughs> so there's some of that, but I know with Kyle, it's just, it's very natural. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it kind of it kind of sucked for a really long time is that I had that with Kyle and I felt really bad because I couldn't find hell yeah. <laughs> An omen. <laughs> Who was yeah, it? Douglas wanted to get out of here. Um, <laughs> I thought Brad threw it at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forget what I was even saying, but basically that. Uh, oh, yeah. You show somebody something and you're really vulnerable about it. And uh you essentially think, well, nobody's going to like this. Nobody's going to do anything about it. And then yeah. Kyle was always somebody who validated that and went, yeah, no, like that's super funny or we can build off that. Let's build off that. And like, yeah. it just helped me take the imposter syndrome away. And then collectively when we put stuff out, we're like, no, we're terrible. So uh -huh. like the imposter syndrome doesn't go away. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it does not. No, it's a, um. it's a terrible disease. Okay. So you used the V word vulnerability. Okay, go so uh, I'm going to ask this question. Uh, you had said in, in some conversation months ago that that you felt like you're not a, a real artist or whatever because it's hard to get personal with your work or something like yeah. that. If, if you remember that, I remember very strongly disagreeing with you when you said that. But uh, sure. so I I'm just curious, what what is the biggest barrier to getting personal with your work? Do you feel? Um, I think as I kind of develop, it's not that I don't want to get vulnerable. I just don't think, and I don't know, this probably doesn't have much, uh, like, um, doesn't have much to it, but I feel like I don't have any vulnerable, like anything vulnerable to share. Mm -hmm. Like it's that it sounds like the worst thing to complain about as a straight white male. It's like, I had a good childhood yep. and my parents are great. Mm -hmm. Like, same. I don't know what like to complain about or to be vulnerable about, but which one died? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that, I mean, as I've come into myself a little bit more with some of the anxieties that I feel, all that stuff, Yeah. like I want to be more vulnerable, but I also feel like I've put on a pretty big wall. And I, maybe I don't realize like that I am being vulnerable, but I just feel like there's so much more of me to share. And I'm so concerned about like how I come off yeah, and how I'm presented. And maybe it's an Instagram thing. Maybe it's like um, a professionalism thing where I'm like, yeah. well, I want to show that I'm good at my job and I'm, I'm, I can make high quality stuff. But in reality, I think like most of my stuff is garbage. I think like everything I write is bad. Like it's all that, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. 
it's in that bin right there. There's a there's a little smaller bin, and it has two small Sony batteries. <laughs> oh, keep going. Yeah. Right. Oh, about the batteries? Or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really feel like I'm that vulnerable. I feel like I am trying to get more vulnerable. Yeah. But um, I feel like I have a long road to go. I feel like I want to be this like I I most of the artists that I am so inspired by like. Childish Gambino, yeah. that's a huge one. A lot of the artists, the front bottoms, mm -hmm. uh, and even Roy Scoville, stuff like that, are so incredibly vulnerable that I just feel like I'm not even close to being like that yet. Mm -hmm. I, dude, I relate so much to that, and particularly, I feel like it, it uh, plays into the imposter syndrome oh, idea 100%. of, yeah, because it's like, well. Yeah, great, great parents, great yeah. upbringing. Uh, like, is is this pain valid to share or whatever? Yeah. But like, anxiety is anxiety, and pain is pain, and that's that's what I've been trying to yeah. come to terms with, and like sharing it. You know, people, I feel like there's a bigger response to to art that I've shared that is more vulnerable. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, like I literally had to take my name off my social media <laughs> to fucking share that stuff because yeah, that's the whole reason that I did the gross Papillon thing. Cause I had been posting my art under my, my yeah. name. Was that just for a giving your uh, added sense of like security? I think that was part of it, but it, it was also like, well, the, the stuff I wanted to talk about, like, you know, I had family on my yeah. social media and I was talking about like a bad breakup and like feelings towards religion and some things with my parents and stuff. And like didn't want to broadcast that to my parents and also having gone to private private Christian school my whole life. I was like, I don't I don't need all these people to like be, be up in my personal business. So yeah. I just want to start over and just put it out there for, yeah, but that also kind of plays into a little bit of like, sure. I got to I mean, if you know me, I have enough of an ego to tell you that like, if I told you, Oh, I'd love to be known. I'd love to like yeah. have that whole thing. I, I think there's a part of me that would go, okay, that's fine. I think if, cause I'm in the same boat where like that short I shared, like, Maybe now I would do it, but like back then I was like, I'm not gonna show my, I'm not gonna share it on Facebook. Yeah, I have way more follow like friends on Facebook. I have like you know like you know 700 whatever friends on Facebook because you know you're in high school, um, but I didn't share it on Facebook because I was like I don't know what they think. Of, but yeah, those people are irrelevant. Like totally, I, I yeah, do it's agree a it's a that. whole thing where it's like now I think I'd be more okay with it, but I was so embarrassed. Like if I made a YouTube video now, I would still think about like, oh, do I share it on my Instagram because like people know me there. Yeah. But I'm getting better at that of being like proud of my sh stuff that sucks. Proud uh -huh. of my stuff where I'm starting from. It's like, Hey, at least I'm fucking trying. Yeah. I think that's where I'm, I'm easing into is like, okay, I'm congratulating myself on fucking trying. Cause like mm -hmm. same thing with you. Like you should be in that boat of like, Hey, at least I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. You're hiding behind something. Like I'm at least like, I don't think everybody has to put stuff out there, but like, at least I am like, I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. Well, that's something like your conversation with Timmy pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I really loved everything he said about about fear yeah. and living authentic to yourself. Like I definitely felt felt called out. And <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You could see it in my face. Like, damn, I wish I was this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Um, no, awesome conversation you guys had. And uh, I don't. Know, that, I definitely want to get back to the place of of putting my name on my work and just being as authentic as fucking possible yeah. and like owning it. But uh, like it's a it's a burden when I'm being creative, thinking about like my aunts and uncles like seeing yeah. my stuff. And mm-hmm. like for for this time in life, I'm just like, I don't want to think about that. I just want to create as true as possible to myself. Because creating is already hard enough. It's, it's to put all that other stuff hard. on you is yeah. It's a nightmare. And one one day, absolutely, I wanna one day like, soon. Just be I'll like, make you do it. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Um, but so that's interesting. And okay. So right now, what role does social media play in your art? Uh, in my art, I don't see the thing that I feel like I'm such a hypocrite about is that I really don't like social media and I only watch things when I know, like, when either people suggest it to me that yeah. I really respect. So I'm not really consuming that much media. Mm-hmm. And the shows that I watch are only like the best shows that like yeah. top top tier shows in my opinion. Like I feel like I don't give enough of a chance to smaller shows. Uh-huh. If somebody I respected, you know, uh, suggested it to me, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But I feel like I'm pretty picky about it. Mm-hmm. And that seems so hypocritical. Because I feel like I should be like consuming more, but in terms of social media, I don't want any part of it. Like yeah. I, I am part of it, and I definitely post stuff. And I post up to my story, and I take some photos, and I like posting that stuff. But I've been getting farther and farther away from like the reaction of everything. Yeah. Thankfully, my job has kind of numbed me to that. Because when I first started my job, I was posting to like hundred k plus. Instagram account and I was getting like, you know, all these and all this stuff and it's like, oh, well, it's just like the beer and all that stuff and like then I'd see comments like, oh, good photography and like that stuff was like, oh, cool, but it's it's in a good way numbed me to like wanting that feedback Mm -hmm. and I I would love the feedback when it's more me because it's not a company, but like, I don't know, social media is such a weird thing. Like, I know it's necessary to promote and it's like a business tool, but I just know I'm definitely somebody like if, you know, pine the sky, like maybe our YouTube takes off, something takes off and there's thousands of comments. There's no way I'm not reading every one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just, I just know who I am. I'm going Mm -hmm. to want to read all that stuff. So like, I don't know. I think it's toxic. I think it's bad for me, but I think I'm too like invested in what everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not a good thing. I, well, yeah, I, I think we're pretty much on the same page. I'll, I feel very disenfranchised about social media right now. It's like I deactivated my account mm-hmm. and was like, wow, my screen time went way down and I feel way happier. Oh, my God. When I am not on my phone, I feel so good. Yeah. Oh, and I was contemplating not coming back at all. Um, at, or at least for like a year just to focus on writing and drawing stuff and yeah. then maybe post uh, again, but um, I, I don't really know what I think now. But social media <laughs> is is a very strange beast, and I think yeah. it, it is absolutely a skill developing. You know, 
not feeling the need to uh, have your stuff approved by. Well, yeah, but also at the same point of like, it's a business tool and it helps yeah. you be approved. Like, there's also like a lot of YouTubers I really like found community in YouTube and yeah. like now they all talk to all their the YouTuber friends that they made through YouTube mm-hmm. and they're making the best shit they've ever made. So there is a the positives of social media yeah. is that there is a community to be found on there. And that's why I think I still have a little bit of hope for it. Like I don't like it. Yeah. But I know that there's a community there. Absolutely. I mean, like one of the first things I noticed getting back on Instagram was like the um, the Portland PDX zine fair or like I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I want to have a booth at that one day. I want to meet all these people making zines in in this community. I want to be a part of that. And without the Instagram, totally forgot about it. Yeah, I wouldn't have known it was taking place this month. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting beast. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're going to use it. We're going to be about it. But like whether I think it's ultimately good for your mental health. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's a big can of worms. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay. So we, we talked about this, you know, being a, a, a jack of all trades mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, if, if you were forced into a corner where you had to pour into just photography or writing or podcasting what what would you choose uh comedy filmmaking like i think making shorts i think short form comedy in like under three minutes shorts is what i'd want to do hell yeah um i just love the medium so much and i think that having one joke and making it really really good and fleshed out and cinematic is just like the most fun thing and i think it suits me i think it's like doing one quick thing makes sense and i think it's Mm -hmm. fun and i think it's digestible and in this day and age it's like easy to consume yeah i think like please don't destroy does it great i think that joel haver does it amazingly i think that uh there's so many people out there that do it so well and Mm -hmm. i want to be part of that and i want to i want to start doing that so like after season one drops, watch out because that's like what I'm going to be doing most of the time. Whether it'll be good, probably not. But at yeah. the start of it, it will. I'll be doing a lot of that stuff. But that, yeah, that's that's definitely what I want to do. Okay, that that's awesome, and that ties into my next two questions, which were, what is it about comedy that attracts you, and what is your next dream project when you're not obsessed with? nobody's and you just answered all that uh yeah i mean but to go on with comedy it's like it's the whole thing of like the only thing that i really love about like making content is getting a reaction out of people Uh um it sounds so cliche and i think like two years ago if i heard myself saying this i would like not believe me but like i really found that like either just telling jokes in like like with all the boys or you know with whoever like when you tell a joke that gets a really good reaction that hits something that hits that dopamine in you that like is unlike anything else. I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing when you show your comics and like you see people like not just go like, man, this is really good. They go like you see them reading it and you see their face light up and there's Mm -hmm. something about it. Getting that reaction is like the best. And for me, getting people to laugh and getting people to like enjoy a video is like 
some of the most satisfying things I've ever done. If you know me at all, like, and you've hung out with me, especially if I've gotten really drunk and we like go back and start drinking, like I'll start showing you music videos. I'll start showing you like comedy short sketches because I want you to like feel happy and stuff. Yeah. So that's where the comedy part, and I want to do that for other people. Mm-hmm. That's like the goal. Yeah. Dude, that that's amazing. And Man, well, everything that you're doing with the Nobody's Project is absolutely inspiring. And it's been so cool to watch this grow over the last seven months. And uh, I'm so grateful to have gotten to be a part of it in multiple ways. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to be a part of it. Um, We've we've covered so much. yeah, So much. And we could keep talking about creativity forever. Is there is there anything else that you want to? yeah. Um, not really. I mean, I just hope that people want to be part of the community and I want to keep finding people like everybody in this room. I want to keep finding all the other people who were part of the nobody's project. People who, even though I had nothing to show, were like, Oh, I'll come talk to you and come, pa- come be part of the community. Like, yeah. like Timmy is like a great example of like, Oh, not only is he like, Oh, I'll come be on the show. Like everybody who came on the show is amazing. Yeah. But Timmy's like, oh, I will be a part of literally everything you try to do. And those are the kind of people that I want for like season two and season three and everything forward. So I'm really excited to see what it grows into because I don't think this is like one of the things that I do and then I'm done and then it's like, no, remember when I did that? No, I want this to like keep going. Absolutely. And so if you're an artist in the Portland area, you you really need to reach out because... Uh, what we've got screen printing parties, photo shoots, like we we have a yeah, blast. This we do is, stuff. Yeah, doing <laughs> stuff. This guy is actually building a community, and yeah, yeah. man, it's awesome. Yeah, hope it continues to grow. It, it will. It. it will. Yeah, thanks for uh, doing this, by the way. Yeah, no, I. Yeah. I'm so yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. I, I love these conversations. So awesome. Uh, I assume we're done. <laughs> I think I think so. <laughs> I think we did All right, it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you want more information on this artist, you can find it on our website, nobodiesproject.com. You can follow us on Spotify as well as on our socials at the Nobody's Project on Instagram. But more importantly, we want you to be a part of this community and you do this by submitting your artwork to us. Uh, We want the things that you're the most stoked on, maybe things that you're too nervous to show anybody else, but we want all of it. And you can do that by submitting your artwork at submit at the nobody's project.com. And we promise to look at every single person's artwork who is submitted and everybody at the nobody's project will give you honest and heartfelt uh, feedback. And thank you for being here and checking out the nobody's project.